Greetings, Earthlings. You have discovered the podcast, Why Are UFOs Top Secret? With expert Bob Bria. July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. Army officers say the missile, found sometime last week, has been inspected at Roswell, New Mexico, and sent to Wright Field, Ohio, for further inspection. Army Air Force officers reported that one of the strange discs had been found and inspected sometime last week. Our correspondents in Los Angeles and Chicago have been in contact with Army officials endeavoring to obtain all possible late information. Joe Wilson reports to us now from Chicago. As a matter of fact, the 509th Atomic Bomb Group headquarters at Roswell, New Mexico, reports that it has received one of the discs which landed on a ranch outside Roswell. The disc landed at a ranch at Corona, New Mexico, and the rancher turned it over to the Air Force. Rancher W.W. Brizel was the man who discovered the saucer. Colonel William Blanchard of the Roswell Air Base refuses to give details of what the flying disc looks like. Well, welcome, Earthlings. Welcome, Earthlings is right. So, as we were saying a few minutes ago, we're going to talk about the article that was uh, released in the Post, which uh, concerns the JFK assassination. Yes, it is a very current event. They've been trying to... uh, silence the uh, the questions that have been arising over the decades on uh, Kennedy's assassination. The Warren Commission, which was conducted after the Kennedy assassination, was supposed to be the end all to the uh, to the questions. But uh, the questions still remain. And uh, I've always asked those questions myself, and those questions, are shrouded in this uh, word that the uh, CIA uses a lot, and that word is um, conspiracy. Conspiracy is a word which is uh, utilized in the the intelligence agencies for uh, cloaking of their activities, because a lot of their activities are designed to be so out there and bizarre that they're considered impossible to happen. But it's just the way that the uh, agency works. And they have people within the uh, CIA whose job it is to develop a strategy when the uh, mission arises. And uh, the Kennedy assassination to me, is uh, one of those uh, areas that uh, are cloaked in mystery because the the main question of concern is not so much the the fact that Oswald was involved with the assassination or that that there was an individual hiding in the grassy knolls where the motorcade passed by. The main question to be answered 
is how did Oswald position himself in the book depository building with the job employed there employed there for for a period of time he would have to stay there with some food and water to keep him going not knowing when a presidential motorcade would be coming down the street and those those motorcade routes are classified unless it wasn't classified and someone knew the route and wanted to take out the president yet supposedly he was working alone independently yes the the warren commission portrayed oswald as a lone gunman who was a uh, russian uh, you know communist and uh that's how they closed the deal but uh when you keep going back to that that question about oswald and the building and his ability to fire the uh, rifle that he had, which was not an automatic, it had to be cocked and reloaded. And uh, the uh, time and the seconds that that takes to do that and to get into position. Three shots, supposedly. Mm, to get into position to fire accurately. You not only have to be an accurate shot, but you, you need time to to place yourself <clears throat> in position. When a sniper when a sniper has a, a a post and he's going to target something, he spends a, a few moments. He doesn't just uh, get up and boom and do it. He, he positions himself. He looks through the uh, the uh, the finder kind of on the rifle kind of waits for he's there ahead of time and waits for everything yeah he, he 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 has to he has to know that there's no wind in the area which will affect the uh, target and he has to be right the first time there's no second shots uh, uh, i mean a second try i mean he fired three bullets but those three bullets were in <sighs> they were at the same time yeah i mean the, the timing uh, uh, that that would take the first bullet that would be fired the Secret Service would be already in action, you know, jumping onto the uh, back of the limousine. Uh, the second bullet would have to be, uh, you know, followed so quickly after the first one. Otherwise, the Secret Service would be surrounding the president and uh, th they would take the bullet. And uh, True. We only see get to see slow motion frames. So that mm -hmm. was really seconds apart. Yeah. The Zaparuda film that was taken during the, uh, the, the motorcade route as it Pass through the, uh, the the section in uh, Dealey Plaza where the uh, where the assassination took place. Uh, they they went over those films very closely, and if there was someone in the grassy knolls, I'm sure if they needed to edit that film and remove that section, they could have done that. But the uh, the stories of his uh, assassination remain unanswered. Uh, uh, I have a little something to say about remaining unanswered because that is the current event, if I may. Um, sure, go ahead. And what's interesting is we are <laughs> COVID has affected a lot of things, including the disclosure of um, freedom of information documents for uh, regarding the JFK assassination, mm -hmm. which is happening today folks so october 23rd in the new york post the quote from our president is 
regarding this is regarding the release of many many documents there's been about uh 250,000 documents released previously they say but uh you you can't download them anywhere you have to go to some place to see them i don't know i guess we're gonna have to do a podcast from there but <laughs> to bring you over there but this is what it says it's very uh, you guys interpret this how you may temporary continued postponement is necessary to protect against identifiable harm to the military defense intelligence operations law enforcement or the conduct of foreign relations that is of such gravity that it outweighs the public interest in immediate disclosure. Now, that statement was definitely not put out of uh, Biden's noggin. That, uh, that well, was printed for him, and quote. he read it <laughs> well, for the okay. teleprompter. Well, the funny thing, I mean, this is supposedly something that happened 74 years ago that involved a man getting murdered in front of the country to see on national television, who just happened to be our president. And maybe there's a few unanswered questions there. And we'd wonder why, you know, my kid may ask me one day, what, uh, what happened there? Well, we still don't know. It's 74 years ago, but somehow COVID is delaying it further. And the, 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 the threat, the identifiable harm to the military defense I wonder. I wonder. Uh, How would that be affected by revealing the it, So it is true that aliens the aliens did it. That's what it is. Because what else would be a threat to our defense, right? Okay, I'm joking. But very interesting. So the National Archives, rec, the National Archives and Records Administration ruled that, unfortunately, the pandemic, and I'm sure they're very sad over there, unfortunately, the pandemic has had a significant impact on the agencies and NARA needed additional time to research the material and maximize the amount of information released, the memo said. Interesting, so, though, in that statement, uh, there's no mention of uh, Kennedy's dislike for the CIA and the secrecy <laughs> that this agency was, was continually uh, displaying and the control that this secrecy had on the American public. And this is what led to these so-called, quote, conspiracies about Kennedy being removed because of certain things within our own government, not, not within foreign governments, but within our own government that didn't like the way he was acting and trying to open the CIA to the public uh, policies that they, they continue uh, to uh, show. And these policies involve secrecy, and secrecy involves the uh, uh, disinformation and uh, the, the use of uh, the, the cloaking and the use of the word conspiracy, because conspiracy is a way to silence large groups of people who, who are on the edge of asking questions, and it it's, it puts them aside, pushes them aside yeah, from, I, from I further from further questioning because it, it they they always point back to the Warren Commission and the single bullet theory and the and uh, now it's common fair to just con conspiracy is synonymous with conspiracy theory, unfortunately. Yeah, so yeah, it's a controlling the, the the narrative actually, and, and this this. Uh, this whole uh, topic that I'm, I'm doing this podcast on 
is based on secrecy and classification of of uh, knowledge that that actually should be shared with the American public. I mean, what's so nasty about finding out if if there's nothing negative about the assassination, then why wouldn't they want to release that information and let the publicly uh, the publicly uh, satisfied with the results of that uh, investigation? But no, they continually say no. They act one way, and then six months later, they, they say, no, we, you can't have it based on this, that, and the other. And that's, and that's really a shame because it just adds to the mistrust that the public already has in our government. And uh, I'm just curious, from 74 years ago, it's still a national threat to our military? <laughs> I mean, uh, they could just say that about anything. Come on. They, the, 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 the other word we should talk about is redacted, redaction, right? A yeah. redacted copy of a document where they just take the black marker and they black everything out that they don't feel like releasing. Mm-hmm. And of course, if it's anything to your point about the CIA, I mean, they're going to redact it. Let's face it. Yeah, they, they're not going to reveal their policy uh, actions. Uh, th- this is well, what I keeps mean, them. I, if I was, I would probably do the same thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't blame the agency for uh, for doing, uh, you know, uh, clandestine uh, operations. This is uh, uh, can be a nasty uh, field. But once and, you're in uh, that gray area, right? Yeah, the gray area of when, when it gets nasty, such as uh, you know, removing a president, uh, if if that need be to protect uh, policies that that he wanted to. Uh, focus on. And as I've mentioned in my previous episodes, um, you know, the, uh, the Kennedy, uh, the Kennedy lifestyle involved a lot of, uh, meetings of beautiful women. And <laughs> one of the women that he, uh, met and had a, a, a big, uh, kabuki on was, uh, Marilyn Monroe and, uh, the alleged, conspiracy theory that floats around is that uh about the word what the word kabuki means <laughs> no 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 about w- what what jfk may have told marilyn monroe during a uh, a love encounter and uh, she may have written these uh these things into a diary which uh led to her demise and this is all thrown into this uh conspiracy bucket people have wrote book, written books about there's many uh, different uh, theories. theories that are, have floated around. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny, over the years, uh, I've come to s- notice uh, that a lot of theories uh, that seem crazy are pretty uh, pretty close to being true. And uh, <laughs> one of them was that these flying saucers that have been seen uh, in the skies were, were, were being seen because they were misinterpreting uh, objects that uh, were natural objects, such as uh, you know missiles and uh, meteors and lightning strikes and all kinds of things, but never admitting that the uh, military was well aware that uh, we were being observed by a an extraterrestrial civilization, and we confirmed it in 1947 with a simple letter that was uh, put together by Harry Truman to uh, investigate the, uh, 
the remains of the uh, crash in Roswell, New Mexico in July 1947, which started the uh, probably the second uh, biggest con conspiracy story of the, the decades, and that is that uh, we're being looked at by aliens. Woo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> and well, so people that that and so that people that were were saying this and seeing these things fly. They were reporting these these objects, and the, the, these these sightings reports added up more and more and more, and it became a bigger and bigger problem for the Air Force to keep uh, BSing about it. I can imagine the press secretary that they had back then trying to answer the questions about what <laughs> these things were flying around and are saying that, oh, that's just a uh, ball lightning or that's a, a shooting star. You know, I'll get back to you on I, it. I've seen a few of them. They would just pull in the general to say, this is of military concern and we're not going to answer that particular question, but everything, there's no threat to the United States Army. Yeah, but in hindsight, the evidence has proven that uh, they're concealing this, uh, this subject big time. And uh, that's why I constructed uh, my partner here, Rob Nofi, to help me put this, uh, this uh, podcast together and to train and teach people how this subject became top secret and why isn't it widely known? Why isn't it national news that we're not alone in the cosmos? It's the biggest story of our lifetime. And you would think that we would be lucky enough to hear this in our lifetime, that we're not alone and uh, we're not being told this. And it's because of this technology that has fallen into our hands. And uh, we wanted to uh, back engineer it, as they say, and find out as fast as they could how to integrate these these technological achievements into our uh, our uh, labs and uh, institutions around the uh, country and uh, companies like Bell Labs and IBM and others were brought into this on their research and development and they part to partake they were partaking in a in a uh, a very different kind of uh, research but they were promised uh, that they would be keeping this uh, quiet. Like you mentioned fiber optics the other day. Yeah, the fiber optics, uh, this book that was written uh, 1997, I believe, by uh, Lieutenant Colonel Cor Cor Philip Corso, The Day After Roswell. Excellent book. It was on the bestseller list of the New York Times for the 10 weeks. And uh, it still stands, although I've had some, I've had some, um, close uh, personal opinions about the way the book was put together. It's, it's sort of put together in a way where it is factual, but then again, it reads somewhat like a novel. Well, you never, anyone and you who never know if never that all was, the information you have. So they're probably, he probably made some inferences, right? Yeah. And, and uses the novel approach uh, oh, as a way okay. to oh, really, to cover his butt that he's not uh but he's somebody blowing with a lot of credibility yes <laughs> uh, being a colonel in the eisenhower administration and uh, being uh where he was and uh, what he was doing i mean he revealed uh quite a few uh inventions that we call came out of this uh this uh re-engineering back engineering and uh, one of them is fiber optics 
And we, we take this uh, very lightly today, but yet these fiber optics are very... In 1947, that was... I mean, that was, that was magical optics. stuff back then. I mean, the, today, it, when you look back at it, they must have thought it was some kind of plastic spaghetti or something because it, huh. it, it has such a... Uh, it doesn't look like it's anything important, sure. but yet the ability for it to, to do what it can do, it, it, it's... Uh, it's one of those uh, items that they say was developed. Well, like L what about element 115? And then, some yeah, theories about that. And, and then there's this element 115 that was uh, allegedly uh, found to be uh, the propulsion system for these uh, craft. And uh, this, was, this was put on the uh, pediatric uh, element chart. And it was put on the chart. Not until uh, maybe two years, three years later, after uh, Bob Lazar mentioned it. So he was first to admit that uh, this element was the prime source for uh, uh, for the uh, propulsion the, system. It's for the rumored that it was part of it was it was un, so it was underneath the on the bottom of the craft, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not big, not a large thing, but. It was. Uh, I, I looked into it a little bit, and it's you, you. It's. I want to do some. I'm gonna have to look into that one a little further about the element 115. I was not able to readily find a whole lot of info, but then you have the books, so you've got the. the uh, I got the books. Yes. Uh, he uh, he said that this ob this element was given to them uh, by these uh, creatures. Call them creatures for now. Um, and so it sounds crazy. It sounds, oh, hey, oh, really? Aliens gave you this uh, element? Sure, sure. But then two, two or three years later, I, I find out that this element is, has applications that are phenomenal. And it's, uh, it's been added to the periodic uh, chart, which is a rare thing. I mean, the. What was uh, it called? Unimpentium? It's, it's called, it's been called uh, a couple of words, but the latest word that I've seen applied to it is called Moscovian. M O S V I, something like that. But uh, it's mm -hmm. mentioned, uh, if you look at the chart as it exists uh, today, there's that, that word is printed on the bottom of the box. GP man in, uh, in the pod. In the Podbean chat, he says um, the Germans did reverse engineering on a, on a UFO that crashed in the Black Forest. <laughs> yeah, these things didn't just drop down in Roswell. I mean, so they, it's I, mean I have an interesting take on, on what you were talking about, where there's these American companies which may have been, they were, it's safe to say that um, this, as the story goes, and maybe this is partially the Bob Lazar story and what goes along with that, that there were individuals that came from private U.S. companies that were involved in the, well, because they were getting their, their tech people at the time, right? Yeah, we approached companies. them. It, it, right. That the, that the government had them involved in, a, in, in, uh, it's in the R and D items that it's they collected research and development. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So th this could have put them, you know, uh, years into this, this project of trying to uh, find out how this stuff works. Hey, if or, you have a technological advantage, you know, today that's worth a lot. So yeah, I mean, you're not going to find out in two weeks how this thing works. And you know? also militarily. Yeah. But uh, then the, the, these private companies were involved. So 
then they use the fee. It's almost like they hide behind the technology at the same time. It was even saying it was a weather balloon the day after. Hmm. Isn't that? And here's the guy holding the pieces of the balloon in the newspaper the next day. Yeah. That turned out to be BS. And, and that story got blown out. They, they got revealed as a hoax of the, the story to, to say that it was a weather balloon was shown to be faked. That was the narrative. And they contained, they contained that uh, continued that narrative for, for as long as they, they could. So we started off the broadcast today and last week uh, with the 1947 ABC radio broadcast, right? But that just I want to point out that was an authentic broadcast live on the radio with a nationally known announcer. Um, and, and and then the, the next day, really the second half of what we played came from the next day. And that is where the other reporter was saying, well... It looks like it's all being. Well, explained. things were happening so quickly in, in uh, Roswell uh, and in the in the whole subject itself. It went from being a disc to a balloon. Yeah, the Pentagon got involved <laughs> immediately, and this this uh, this this uh, topic had to be changed because they they were getting too many. Uh, the phone calls were just ripping off the hook, and uh, they started this uh, weather balloon story for about three years and then they upgraded it to a uh, a mogul uh testing uh for nuclear uh, russian uh, devices and they used this um, project mogul which was another but see they secret the project of this technological thing that you don't know anything about and it's too extreme for you to worry about which is kind of the same thing that biden is saying it's just too much for you to worry about it's felt high importance and and yeah, military and secrets. It's too defense. hot to handle. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, the fact, no, you just, uh, you lost my train <laughs> yeah. of thought. Well, yeah. you were talking about, I mean, we're going back to, to 47 and the fact they were using these technological explanations and then that Russian balloon defense, air defense thing that they then molded the story into. Yes. In, in, in 1997, which was the 50th anniversary of the Roswell crash, uh, the United States Air Force uh, walked up to the podium microphone and uh, on television and, and gave this whole story about the, it being the 50th anniversary of this uh, alleged story, and they wanted to just re-clarify the, uh, the story. And so they, they came up with this uh, add-on of uh, Project Mogul being the, the real secret behind the secret. And they tried to say that the the test dummies that, that were dropped from uh, the airplanes were what they thought were aliens, straight out of Macy's yeah. window. But meanwhile, this was <laughs> those 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 test dummies weren't dropped until '52, and Roswell happened in '50 and '47. So an easy catch for for uh, the plenty of military folks out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I even have the newspaper article from the the paper that that year when they when they photographed these uh, these uh, almost six foot tall flight test dummies. Yeah, I've seen that photo. I've seen and that photo. Uh, that's not quite what uh, they were like lined up in, in a closet. Yeah, with their with their flight test uh, suits on. You know, this is not what uh, was reported in the uh, autopsy of the Roswell crash. Unfortunately, most Americans have seen mannequins in their neighborhood shop windows, and they can identify 
what a mannequin looks like. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I always say during my episodes that I want to hear questions. I want to hear people ask me why they think this, why I think these things are true, and why I think uh, so much has been uh, hidden from our uh, public. So we're going to take a little break, and uh, we'll come right back. I got a question for you when you come back, too. Okay. But anybody else, feel free right Feel free. Room. Questions are, are worth a million. And email them, please, to ufostopsecret at protonmail.com, or please stop by and sign up on our podcast list, which is at ufostopsecret.com. We will be right back with more expertise by Bob Bria and Why Are UFOs Top Secret? Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow Earthlings. Uh, I, I mean, we're getting some fellow Earthlings out there, and we appreciate you guys coming in the pod being live chat because that makes it a lot more fun for us. And um, it, it's also interactive, so feel free to come through and check that out. Um, we're also on other platforms, usually at 8 p.m. every Tuesday night. And we're covering a lot of. Um, the area around 1947 and, and, and shortly after, and really, well, the, the, the whole, up, the whole, right? the whole cover up, uh, concerns, uh, various, uh, amounts of different events. And, uh, it, despite the fact that, that people will say, Oh, that's just a conspiracy, you know, just hold those thoughts on the side and listen to the facts and and let 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 your mind dwell on the amount of control that our agencies have in our in our life, from from wearing a, a mask to to forcing you to get a vaccine if if you don't want to work, you know, and and this is uh, amazing all this uh, control over our lives and the freedom that we we cherish is is really at stake and if we don't uh stand up to our rights for freedom and and less secrecy we're not going to last too long and so that's why i created one of the reasons i created this podcast is to try to educate people on why like i said before why this subject has become top secret and the elements of it that that cause it to stay secret and uh the Kennedy assassination, unfortunately, is is in this uh, this realm of uh, parts of this uh, mystery, and uh, the uh, the Roswell, you know, uh, recovery was uh, a, 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 what do you call a, a, a what do they what's that word I always look for a mindset or a, a landslide or a, a 
kind of a watershed moment. A watershed, yes, <laughs> that's the word. A water, I don't know where that word came <laughs> from, but uh, it's a it was a landmark uh, a, a thing that happened, and so um, the everything that was associated with it, and uh, Kennedy, uh, a, a few people don't know, had a, a big interest in the uh, UFO subject. And this is because during the last uh, weeks or uh, years of uh, Eisenhower's administration, uh, Eisenhower briefed uh, Kennedy on what he knew was going on at that time with regard to this this, uh, subject. And uh, he didn't like it that that there were agencies covering this up and concealing it and uh, trying to confuse people from uh, accepting uh, the truth about it as uh, legitimate and uh, mistrusting the government is the one thing you don't really want to have because uh, then... You know, where's our freedom? It's interesting that, that Eisenhower and JFK had some of the same beliefs in some of the same positions on things. Yeah, because uh, he was a, a general, a four-star general in the, in the war. And, uh, you know, uh, he had... Who, wasn't, uh, who was not a war hawk, though? He was not a war hawk, but yet he conducted himself in a, uh, a very uh, studious way. And he was not a... Uh, a slack uh, general. I mean, he right, was. Right. You got to carry a big stick. Yeah, and uh, he was uh, very favored by uh, by Truman. You know, um, the uh, during the war, uh, I, Roosevelt and uh, MacArthur and uh, Eisenhower all were in the upper upper levels of the government and decision making, and. Uh, what do you call uh, Truman uh, and uh, Eisen and uh, Roosevelt had uh, better favor for uh, Eisenhower than uh, MacArthur. MacArthur thought he should be president, and uh, they didn't. They didn't put him up in the uh, nomination. So Eisenhower uh, received the the biggest uh, praise, and um, he seemed to uh, not like this. Uh, secrecy that was going on because of the Roswell discovery that the announcement was not made to the public and keeping it from the public caused him to uh, want to find out what was going on in uh, research. And that research was taking place in Nevada at the famous place we all call Area 51. And uh, as a result of trying to uh, find out what was uh, being kept from uh, him, he uh, he almost called out the army to invade the uh, base at Nevada. And uh, he still was not allowed to be, you know, and he was not, it's not allowed entry into that area despite his uh, four-star general uh, position. But, we have uh, to do a podcast on the presidents, on all the different presidents, because you know a lot about it's. It's a very interesting topic. I think that would be fun to do. Yeah, how they pass down this information we'll go through from the different one ones administration that, and, and to some the of the really, other. Yeah, some of the interest. Well, some of the interesting things that that is, some of them have had sightings and their own reportings yeah. and some cover up there too. Mm-hmm. 
I've known you for a while. You told me some great stories. <laughs> well, it's amazing how the, each president has had to deal with this subject. And I have, I have a book on that subject too, uh, how the presidents have, uh, had to deal with this. And, uh, Reagan, uh, had a couple of sightings and, uh, Jimmy Carter had, uh, a sighting mm -hmm. and, um, they had to uh, deal with the uh, the pressure not to divulge not to much too much uh, about it in their uh, course of their administration, so uh, they wouldn't be taken as I got a, a, a lunacy. I got a question. Sure. Joe Dominic emailed us this week. He's got a perfect question for you here. Oh, I love it. it. says, what do you think about the fact that Jack Ruby – killed Oswald two days later. Oh, I think it's very odd that, uh, you know, I, I go back to that old story, dead men tell no tales. You know, how, how convenient was it for Jack Ruby to, to get into that area where they brought Oswald and uh, allowed it was, him yeah. to get that close to the man who... <laughs> Who killed the president of the United States? You, you would think that in they in front would, of people, in front of a, a lot of people. Like, who's going to walk up and do that? If you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, still, it's just it still baffles the mind. It's one of those interesting questions. You know, how how did he get in there? And then all of a sudden, when he was arrested for doing that, and he's dead. Yeah. So hold on, folks. Just for you, those of you that don't know, the so <laughs> so. Uh, apparently, you know, as the story goes, Oswald shot JFK, was uh, then mauled by, you know, police and everything and arrested. And I think it's a, a couple of days later, uh, this uh, nightclub owner, Jack Ruby, walked up. I think I've seen the, the video. He just walks like they're carrying. They have both of his arms, right? They're carrying Oswald. They're taking yeah, him they're somewhere. In, they got and he just secure. rushes the mob and gets in there and right. just a point blank right. pulls the trigger. And that was boom, boom. the end of Oswald and any, anything he could ever say. And then, and then you, you, you would wonder why Jack Ruby was able to get into that area I mean, with I'm a sorry, loaded man. gun. It does sound. It's it's. Uh, what are we gonna do, boss? If uh, if they if they don't believe the story, well, we'll just kill that guy. The guy that killed them, you just kill him too. Yeah, that that makes the conspiracy <laughs> even crazier. That you that know, is the, this is wow. this is the way that the uh, these uh, clandestine uh, groups work. Uh, God forbid that this is true. That our that our president was removed from office because of a uh, a secret. Uh, clandestine operation that involved him and uh this this crazy subject of ufos and telling the public i mean the more you you more you study this odd subject i call it odd because it's it's not an easy subject to uh to really well because deci deciphering the truth from the from misinformation fiction. yeah yeah, it's uh, and it's taken me fifty years to 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 come to the conclusion after reading the majestic twelve documents, and conferring with uh, some other investigators who have uh, looked into this uh, document as being uh, the real McCoy, and uh, it just confirms the uh, 
the the secrecy. It just the two months ago we, we we were getting a report from the government on this these navy pilots that were seeing objects flying over the coast in California, and uh, they said, oh, we're going to release this report and it's going to be a, a, a declassified and it's going to release everything. And beam, boom, 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 bingo, nothing happened. <laughs> they, they gave nothing in the, uh, in the report. And I say to, you, I say to the public, listen to my, pro- my podcast because I'll tell you about the real top secret classified executive order signed by Harry Truman on the Roswell story to create a group of individuals to scratch their heads and figure out what to do about this new problem because it was a really a big problem because trying to keep it secret and do the work on back engineering at the same time was a, a monumental uh, thing to, to go on. I mean, I, I, I've read uh, things about the, the uh, Majestic 12 document over the years uh, in, in the follow-up uh, SOM that came out a couple of years later, also a leaked document, uh, which mentions the, uh, the detail of secrecy that surrounds this subject. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. And uh, it, it, it has to be for some good reason. I mean... <laughs> We, we've been asking if we're alone in the universe for, for, for hundreds and thousands of years. And here we have, we have evidence that it occurred and we're being prevented from, from hearing about it because of one thing or another. And uh, unless, unless they know a lot more than they're telling us and uh, we don't have a need to know. So, and even unless, if you don't want to go that deep, I mean, that recording from 1947, ABC News one day was a disc, the next day was a weather balloon. Was no pieces of a thousand pieces of a weather balloon that they found. Yes. Walter Winchell did a a really good job of describing uh what happened that particular day and uh Well it sounds like one of the bases actually reported having received a disc. Yeah. From a, a rancher and his wife. So yeah, why would they have to send a disc to Wright Patterson Air Force Base, the head of Air Material Command for all foreign technology during the war? And why would they need to send a, a weather balloon that's been observed by thousands of people in the area? If it was a weather balloon, it would be uh, just put in the garage, you know. So well, part uh, of the radio broadcast, which I think is the part that you know some of it that we didn't play, that we didn't get to, but. Um, it talks about that there was a, you know, that the materials they found could not carry a human being and there was no speed possible. Um, and that there were no witnesses. No one saw it. No, they said carefully, carefully chosen words. No one saw anything flying. I think they said that's not like true, that. but well, they said no one saw it. Uh, but uh, in the Roswell daily record that came out July 8th, 1947, Mr. and Mrs. Dan Wilmot apparently were the only persons in Roswell who say, who who basically saw what they thought was a flying disc. So uh, this is from the newspaper the next day as well. So it's interesting that these things are reported, but immediately, you know, 24 hours later, none of this is true. 
none of this. Well, you got to remember that 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 area is not uh, at that time was very very unpopulated. I mean, when when you drove out into the uh, to the highway, I mean, you were out there, you were you felt like you were in the planetarium because the stars were so bright and the darkness that surrounded you. Yeah, and apparently it, it, it couldn't make it have it didn't have any speed. I remember they specifically said that in their in the, the military statement. And right here it says that the witnesses say, Wilma, uh, it says um, they were sitting on their porch at 105 South Penn last Wednesday night at about 10 o'clock when a large glowing object zoomed out of the sky from the southeast, going in a northwesterly direction at a high rate of speed. A high rate of speed. <laughs> yeah. Why is that so different from the military's description weather balloons don't move at a high rate of speed nah there have to be anyone a hurricane audience, uh, blowing please. 100 miles yeah. an hour <laughs> we have any experts out there please enlighten us if you know of any weather balloons that move at a high rate of speed I'd be yeah. I, 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 I look for witnesses who are out there who are pilots or people that have flown on airlines who have looked out the window and sometimes may have seen strange-looking things flying in the air at night. You can give me a call. I'll be I'll be glad to listen to those stories because they're out there, and uh, shouldn't people shouldn't be afraid to uh, describe uh, things that they can't explain just because uh, the government doesn't want you to think about them. Well, listen, we're in, a, we're in a different age now. Use your cell phones, folks. Keep your eyes open. And uh, there are stars, and then there are stars that move. Yeah. There are certainly stars that move. But, I, you, uh, you know, you have to trust your instincts sometimes. And, uh, you know, it's a fun topic. There's, it's, it's very controversial. A lot of people doubt it. But there's, you know, why is there constantly a cover-up and, and misinformation in place. It just makes it makes you want to dig a little deeper. And that's part of what we do here. Yeah. It, it also works in the other way too. It also works in the, in the opposite direction that the more information that, that comes out uh, convinces people that there's nothing to it because they still say, Oh, that's, that's more controversy. That's more conspiracy. That's just not true. Our planet is not being visited. Our, uh, you know, God created us, and and we are the only human beings in the universe. I mean, those 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 statements aren't uh, as true as they were. Or, well, or they just need to be. Um, the connotations are slightly different than what you thought. Yeah, I mean, uh, I uh, I hate to uh, to go back into that whole uh, religious background thing, but uh, it's a it's a controversy that uh, involves us as a species. And uh, we, you know, we, well, we want to know, you know, as much as we can about what we have been told for thousands of years that, you know, God created us in his image and likeness. But have you ever asked yourself, what, what, what's that image and likeness supposed to be? If it's image and likeness, that means that God had to look like us. And that that that's sort of like opposite of what you know concepts of God have been portrayed as uh, over the years as a spirit or as a uh, 
a form that, that, that can't be uh, explained. It, it's just something that's more more impossible uh, to perceive. So you just have to accept the the faith that that God exists. And I still think it kind of comes down to that. But you know, and we and we covered this, this stuff in the ancient alien, uh, the ancient astronauts episode, which was has been very popular, folks. So we are going to do another episode on. We're going to have an ancient astronauts part two coming up soon, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I guess everyone, uh, you know, the, I always, I always resort back to the fact that we only use 5% of our brain. Yeah. But, being open-minded is, is sometimes, uh, difficult for people to, uh, conceive of, uh, a multi, uh, occupied universe. I mean, it's one thing to think of, you know, cosmos with uh, an alien group out there but to think of it has multiple 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 forms of life out there at different levels of achievement and uh, the duality of uh, another planet out there that's in the same uh, category as planet earth would be you know almost a uh, achievable in your in your perception of how many forms of life could be possible in our universe uh, we have so many we have so many uh, stars and so many universes and I mean so many uh, galaxies with with uh, planets that have this uh, Goldilocks uh, appearance that they they may have the conditions for life and uh, what what level of life is is there i mean is it equal to our planet or is it just you know in the infancy of developing all these questions can be uh, examined through the uh, ancient astronaut theory and uh we'll we'll talk about that in, in, in another it's episode it's a lot of fun to do this I, I always love to talk about it because uh it, it, it keeps my uh, attention and interest uh, uh, for the last uh, 50 years as the UFO subject has also kept my interest. Folks, we're going to be back next week with another interesting episode with our expert, Bob Leopold. It was great today. I enjoyed it once again. Read, read, read. And uh, John Bowler, that's right, you talk to your kids about Area 51. JP, thank you as always always insightful uh mr bob jp wanted to know that um what if we had smartphones and internet back in the yes exactly it's, it's, of course we're, we're if you're talking about we're going to cover that in depth with the ancient astronauts and uh also newcomer zachary for setting me straight on uh, us using only five percent of our brain you're right our listeners do use all of their brain can't say that for everyone though thanks guys we'll see you next week